0: This is Godly Counsel and this is another opportunity to understand and grow the Word of God. So today we're going to be talking about results justifying the means. So before we go into the Word of God, we'll a short prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We bless you in the name. Thank you for the opportunity to stay with you and be with you. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to teach your Word. Lord, I'm a sinner. Father, Lord, let your mercy help me to preach your Word in utmost um, sincerity and they come with the power and lord speak through me not just my words or my wisdom but take advantage of my mind take advantage of my heart and then you be able to speak your word to your people and not my word in the mighty name of jesus as for those who are listening or the person that is listening to me father lord i break every yoke of the enemy every distraction of me be able to know you, admit you and connect with your word today. Father Lord I pray it in the mighty name of Jesus and I pray that you receive life and receive life in abundance in Jesus' mighty name. I pray. Amen. Amen. So thank you very much. Ah, so our teaching today is we resort justifying the myth and I put a question mark and then oh, the reason why I put the question mark is because I actually wanted to deal with something and I want to share the knowledge uh, the knowledge with you that has been actually been disturbing for some time. Result justifiedness. Matthew 21 28 to 31 I'm reading from the amplifier Matthew 21 28 to 20, 31 what do you think there was a man who had two sons and he came to the first and said son go and walk in the vire today 29 and the son said that's the son, he answered i will not but afterward he they regretted it and changed his mind and went then the man came to the second son and said to the, said the same thing and he replied i will sir but it did not go. There was now a question in verse thirty-one: Which of the son, which of the two, did the will of the father? The chief priests the elders replied, "The first one." And Jesus said to them, "I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, that the tax collectors, the prostitutes, will get into the kingdom of God before you." This story was actually from Jesus Christ, was trying to educate the chief priest here. And if you know the chief priest in the old days, they are the people that face, they are uh, more, they are closer to God than every other person. So it was educating them to try to make them understand the key things about obedience and the key things to success. Success is not just about what you say, it's about what you do. So, but what I'm be tackling here today is there are two different dimensions to this teaching today, and it will help us to balance the decadence that is happening in our world today. The first one is the people that are quick to respond but don't take action. They are very quick to respond, but they don't take action. The second is the set of people that defy due process just want to arrive in the promised land they define due process just once in the promised land so like i said in our question today result justifying the means there's a question mark so our uh, world today has been built with results everybody's asking a question everybody keeps saying our oh, result the moment you have results in this results in that, that it means that everything is fine and there's no issue but that's not true and one of the things that I have studied, and I have observed, especially around this and I have meditated upon is the success story from back from like 100 years to date as being hijacked by the enemy. And I remember growing up, I keep seeing a success story, especially for some people saying that I was poor, now I am I was from the back uh, of the desert or my family does not have any influence but we have gotten to this place now at time and we have decided to live our life and mirror everything we were doing from that time to this point to say this is the way to go and the danger in this is that we keep going on the way of people coming to us in the daytime and telling us this is our success story, we just realized that we were somewhere and now we are here, we are in the, in the midst of the influential people and a whole lot of people begin, including our churches, including our ministry, including me sitting down here because I am not against anybody, I am actually for the correction of how the enemy is taking advantage of some things and begin to lie to us. We know he's a master liar. So we believe the story to the point that we got to a point that we started living in the story. I said, okay, do you know what? Success is a thing. Just go ahead. I could remember, I, I I hear from Nigeria. I could remember when our Nollywood movies were coming to tell us about how somebody will leave a village and two, three years after four years, the person is coming back with a uh, um, plenty cars, has built houses, is coming to the village to give money. That it was nobody, he suffered, he went through a whole lot of stuff, and then he came out being a champion in it. When the Holy Spirit started dealing with me, and this is like about 20 years ago, I did not truly really understand what he was saying until recently, about five years ago. And I begin to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate. We have replaced God with this success syndrome syndrome. And we have created many pathways to success that is not of God. But we have made the mistake not to even check what was happening in the realm of the Spirit. What is happening in the time we are sleeping. What is happening in those times that we cannot see these people. There are some things I won't be able to say, but and I wish I could communicate this to believers. I won't be able to say it now, but I will say it at the writer because wisdom is profitable to all. So when you have a fine information, how you communicate it also matters so that you won't just create more chaos and there's no clarity about what you're saying. But in today's context, we are saying that the deception that has crept into humanity. Moral was what was held high, not Jesus. We come into the we come to the reality that don't smoke, don't drink, don't do, they don't join the bad guys, and it was morally right, but it wasn't Jesusly right. The essence of looking onto Jesus as the and the finisher of our faith, is not to do with moral. Apostle Paul spent more time in the Bible. Teaching about teaching against us moral than not be righteous by our work, not be righteous in our, in our in us, not so righteous in the law, but in Jesus. You cannot achieve morality without Jesus, and you cannot use morality to replace Jesus. The hand justified the miss, no, no, and yes. The Reason why it is a no is because what we do to actually get into the head matters, and at the same time, the yes is Jesus wants the head also, but He wants us to follow the right channel. The enemy has kept trailing us into believing that the head justified the means. The question is, with who? So, yes, there was a scripture of Jesus let, let me quickly read the scripture that Jesus talked about about the and it uh, it looked at him six to 9 amplifier looked at him 6 to 9 amplifier then he began telling them this parable a certain man had a fig tree that had been planted in the vine he came looking for fruit on it but did not find any did not what find any so he said to the vineyard keeper for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and I have found none. Cut it down, why does it even use up the crowd, depleting the soil and blocking the sunlight? But he replied to him, that is the vine. let it a elosa, just one more year, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears after this, fine, but if not, cut it down. Now, this parable talks about a fig tree that is not producing tree from Jesus for three years. And it said, let us what cut it down. But the person that is diviner understand that there's a process. Not just cutting the tree down. And that's what Jesus came to do. God is saying, those people, I need to let them go. But Jesus said, no, I will die for them. After I have died for them, and they still did not believe or repent of their sin, then go ahead to cut them down. So Jesus justifying the end, because there was a process. At the end of time, he's always believing Jesus and accepting him into our life and walking this way and building our character to become more of him every day of our lives that is the mission whatever it is we're achieving it should be centered on this but the diviner understand that there's a process yes it has stayed there for three years but are we putting fertilizer Are we putting this then we're saying there's no result That we are not getting towards the end that we are not getting into the final phase that we want we're not getting the fruits that we needed but let us at least do put in some process after this process if this thing does not yield the result we wanted then we go ahead and cut it down so now i want to juggle your mind i want to play with your mind a little because it's a picture so now this tree imagine a tree that doesn't provide fruits but we should understand that this tree also provides shade. These trees can harbor snakes. This tree can harbor birds. Ants can be on this tree. If all some dangerous animal can perch on it, but there's no fu- fruit for humans to consume. There's no fruit for people to consume, but yet it can be a shade and at the same time it can be very dangerous that a tree that is becoming a shade is having some reptiles hanging on that tree in the in the jesus context he's not feeding people his word because the fruit the food is one Is not feed okay don't let me even take into the scripture let me just use uh a graphics or a physical analogy this tree is not bearing fruit but it can shade people, it can harbor reptiles, it can harbor birds, but it's not bearing fruit. The goal for Jesus, the end for Jesus is the tree to bear fruit. But the tree can justify that at least I'm harboring this and that and I'm putting shade. And the people that sit under the tree and then receiving the fresh breeze and the leaves covering and they're having shade, we say the tree is doing what is needed but the tree is not producing fruit because Jesus' end and the enemy's end are different or Jesus' end and the people of the world's end are so so different because the human beings are not going to be under that tree forever they all just need to come to that tree to take fruit and grow and die because if there's nothing for them to eat they won't have enough strength to even sit under the shade they need to be alive and don't forget that in the beginning in genesis was the illustration about the garden of eden the fruit not to eat and the fruit to eat the fruit not to eat wasn't bad but it's just going to give you more life and you'll never die again so in that same analogy take it into your mind that this tree, the fruit that comes from this tree, we give people life but yet not shade, not to have water So the two ways of where we always come to justify the means that the end is the process and there is the result. The process and the result you are getting is what the end justifying the means. Like for example now what happened in the world. There's a story of a guy that was nothing and came out into the spotlight and became something. The movie ends there. But what did they did not show us after is how we lived in that life of the spotlight. How we lived in that spot life what was his character all about what has it become is there a man that marries today and divorce tomorrow and that is the moral decadence that we are following because at the end of the day when you look into the scripture it tells you not to divorce it tells you to stay with a wife it tells you not to commit adultery because at the end of the day the result should not just justify the means but on one type of result. And what is the process in getting to that result? In the last seven years, if I'm not my words of ten years, the enemy, the world system, secret has becoming clearer to the people that walk in truth and spirit that the result that the world has been nudging us to run after is not the true result jesus is asking we have missed what is right with what is good because it is good does not mean it is right what is right with what is good the woman saw that the fruit is good in their eyes. But it was not right for her to take it because she got to warned them not to eat of the fruit. So, for the people that walk in the true spirit, I have been saying it for the past 10 years, seven to 10 years, that there is this analogy that the enemy, the world system has been selling to us. And it's not entirely true. They told us how to start our life. They told us where to take it up. They told us how to grow. I saw recently, I think it was yesterday, of a woman that was on social media and I think she said she's 39. I can't remember. I think it's 39 or 37. That her age is 39 from Nigeria, but I don't know the place in Nigeria. And she said, I'm 39. I don't have husband, I don't have children. I don't have a house, and she now Later, she said, "God, what is happening, or something? I can't remember exact word, but it's like questioning God. God, what is happening?" And then it touched me, not because she doesn't have all those things at this age, but the truth is we have embraced some lies as to become the result of humans, that if we are going to exist on this earth, if we don't meet this requirement, it means we are not living. That's not true. The war system created this and even the church embraced it and began to teach, admonish and nurture people in the church that for you to be truly living, it even not to our marriage and our teaching and prophecy and prayer, that we spend time to pray. It just uh, yesterday uh, was in church and then uh, the preacher was not talking about revival, spending days talking about the Azusa streets, about people spending their, uh, the entire time praying for revival. What is revival? Then people begin to know God more and want to spend more time with God. Come to the realization that it's not what they are running after in the world, but it's Jesus at the center of all. We grew in this and we embrace this and it is not the truth. The truth of Jesus is very clear that we know him and we walk in him. That is the only way to the Father. At the end of time, it is all about him. Because without him, we can't see the Father. Is this the truth? For the woman like that, do you know, do you know Paul wrote about marriage? He even give us one of the best advice. He said that we wish above all that you should not get married. Why? He said because your love is going to be divided. Your attention, your focus is going to be divided between God and between the person you marry, between your spouse. He said, but for you not to burn in fire, you cannot keep your libido. You cannot monitor your libido and you can't control it. And you are no unique that can manage yourself without sex. Get married. Because Jesus told us when it was it was questioned and it was questioned said, and it and said there is a woman that got married to a man, the man died married the brother, the brother died married that woman's wife is going to be in heaven Jesus, are you kidding me? So heaven is not a place that people come to get married and have sex heaven is a place that there is neither woman or man in heaven we are all the same in the spirit and yet, we have prophesied that you will find your husband. You'll find your wife, the devil holding your wife. Sometimes it's not the devil holding our wives. It's not the devil. But the reason why sometimes this message is not always easy for me to preach because I'm married. And then people can start saying from the lens of, but you are married and you feel like, yeah, we shouldn't get married. You are enjoying your life at the field. No. I can tell you for the facts. I'm actually doing some series and marriages that are coming and we've started, my wife and I. But the, the truth is, these things is going to get... Okay, now I was supposed to... I, I wanted to start a project. And then uh, the day I was going to start and my daughters came to me. And then they started distracting because they're still a very young kids. I started distracting and I felt so... So I have sometimes, for me to even create this video that I'm doing for you I have to ensure it's the time that they are not awake or to go and lock myself up in a place not for them and sometimes when I'm doing this we have to start eliminating noise and all that because somebody is going to come to the door to knock or somebody is going to uh, stay on the door and cry and scream did that they understand and I have to give attention to them also but these things are real it's, it's true that most of us who don't come out to say it you might have gone you might have gone to work when you're coming back and then you've you're, as you're coming from work whether driving public transport you are in the spirit something is nudging you that you want to spend time to pray and you get to the house and you are saying uh, welcome welcome and you want to just go and your wife maybe just came back and you just want to lock yourself to pray that your wife has they just and women talk. It's normal with women. They always want to talk. They, they don't know how to just keep it home. Keep it in. They always want to express themselves. It is, you see, sometimes one of the things that cause fighting marriages, we're trying to keep nature against the reality. So they, talk, so they want to talk and I I want to just pray. And when I'm praying, and as I pray, then my mind is telling me, okay, I still need to give my wife time and order. Maybe I wanted to spend one hour or two hours of that prayer. It's cut short to like 40 minutes automatically. And I have to go out and give her attention. And I'll wait till they've gone to bed. Then I'll start doing my prayer again. That's what one Paul told us. And yet, had and I won't blame that lady because our mind is built on what we hear consistently, that she doesn't build a house. Jesus told us that never to actually think of the earth as our final place, that everything we built on earth is going to be destroyed one day. Everything we build we are going to live, that's why I said we should build our treasure in heaven, where what, where month, where teeth does not come to steal. He said how do we build by giving to the poor? Maybe her job is not to own a house, maybe her job is to actually spend, but she won't know it because what the world system has created as success for us, for a horse, human beings living on earth are centered around all this dimension, and she is not entirely lying. She is not, she's not entirely doing anything wrong. Because the truth is not being communicated. Because even in the garden where we're supposed to get the truth and high inclusive, we are not doing it. Because we are so focused. Okay, now the world has actually talked about her. Uh, How we can actually grow, uh, and then uh, uh, what's it called? How we can grow every day. And the numbers, the numbers, you have 10,000 people more, that means you're doing well. You have 1 million people, that means you're doing well. You have 2 million people, they are not entirely wrong. Let's look at the yardstick of Jesus. Jesus had to teach the crowd, heal the crowd, deliver the crowd. but during the time, and the fraction of the many, including the disciples, how many of them was able to stay with him till the end? The one that had the boldness to be going to the grave to go and check on Jesus was Mary Magdalene, the woman that was not the very spiritual, but even in her struggles, she still looked for Jesus. So that is. One of the reasons why we have godly counsel, not for the perfect, not for the holy and the but the people that even despite their addiction, they can still find Jesus in everything they do. But the world sold us that we need the crowd. He said, wide is the way that leads to death. He said, you'll find many in it. But the road that leads to life is narrow. That message doesn't come up often again. Because that road is narrow. So sometimes when we also believe our our beliefs are, we need to have that mega churches. It's no problem. Yet, as more as yet, it's good. Because so far we are going to have many people believing in Christ from that mega church. But that's not the priority. It's the people, the heart. And so in the process of wanting to do this, we have messed up. Because at the end of the day, the world system should not dictate to us but let the word of God to dictate to us. Yes, when the apostle Peter came out and preached, many of them received the Holy Ghost and began to spread it around. That is the goal. And move from one house to one house, communicating the truth of Jesus. I understand. Yes, in the heart of apostles, the Lord was adding to the church daily. Yes, many people coming to Christ, but at the end of the day, it's not to station the many people in one place. One of the fights between Paul and Peter was suppression because they needed the, the different ideology, different mindset. That's where the different ministries started from. The one was focused on the Jews, the other was focused on the Gentiles. for Paul to achieve it, he had to go to prison. So, if we go deep down into this teaching, you will know that it is not when we have the crowd that we are successful. Because the Bible talks about Peter standing in front of 5,000 and 5,000 receiving the Holy Ghost, not 5,000 attending the church service. But this kind of message, sometimes when it's coming from someone like me, I always it always feel like power, because maybe because of that they have crowd. He's trying to break down people. No, 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 no. no. It's the truth. And the be sincere, I want. Is a longing in my heart. I've done a lot, prayers. Uh, when I mean a lot, I mean in prayers and fasting and water, uh, just for the crowd to come, so that I can but every time it's not coming. So I kept not and asking God to lead me by time, by seconds. So not to take our time. I know I've deviated a lot from this message, but well, the, the the core of the message is, are you that you're listening to me, are you saying the end justify the means? No. Two things I want you to take away is that the result of the means matters and the process matters. The result of the means matters and the process matters. It is not just about the result you and you gain, the process, but the result must work, must glorify Jesus, not you, not anything, not the work of your head but must glorify Jesus. So can we pray today? Especially if you're listening to me and then you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And if you have accepted Jesus, I want you to also pray this prayer with me today. Say it with me, Jesus Christ. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that you are my savior and king. Come into my life today. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So as we pray that prayer with me, I pray the whole of sin is broken over your life in Jesus' name and every agenda of the enemy shall not prevail. And I pray to you today, my dear that every plan the enemy to destroy you and wade you away from the path of faith is destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to pray to you today, that whatever it is not of God is being destroyed and destroyed in your life and God will continue to reign in your heart. Jesus will continue to reign in your mind in the mighty name of Jesus. As someone that is saying, I am sick, I am asking for help, I pray that the healing of Jesus touch you wherever you are in the mighty name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed. Every attack of the enemy in that body is I command to be casted out in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father, and in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you so much for actually taking your time to join us, and I pray that as we continue to come to our uh, ministry, God will continue to bless you in Jesus' name. We